All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Really? It was before he was like an actor comedian. Tom Green had a rap career. Yeah, it was like a kind of like Beastie Boys wannabe group. And unironically? Unironically. Oh, Check the OR. Check the OR. You like it so far. Somewhere out there is Tom Green right now. Yeah. He's just being Tom Green. Wasn't he interviewed on something recently? He was on uh, Drew Barrymore's talk show because they oh, used okay. to date. Yeah. And so she they, had. They were married. That's Weren't right. They? They, yeah. That's maybe they were married. Yeah. yeah. And so she had him on the show, I guess, as just well, like a gimmick. Well, what's their relationship like now? Did you see it? I didn't care too much. I didn't real. I don't have any investment in their relationship. She's very cerebral now. She's very of the mind that we love everyone, and I don't. I don't right. know if there's bad blood or whatever. I kind of love Drew Barrymore. She's yeah. she's good people. I she's, think she's the new. She's who we should trust. Yeah, I trust Drew. Trust Drew. Yeah, it's funny. Not Alan. You notice how um, there's always kind of a every couple years there's a, a new rush of people trying to take over the daytime talk show right. market yeah kelly clarkson kelly kelly and and uh and drew seem to be the two these days but also maybe daytime talk shows are kind of a, a tired thing like dr drew kelly isn't it yeah previously there was a time when all you could watch if you were home during the day were like court shows game mm-hmm. shows talk shows and soaps right and now you can watch anything you want so, yeah it's true and so like all the soaps got canceled right so and even the the daytime tv that was they're trying to do on netflix isn't really working what's the daytime weren't they trying to do like a daily talk show on oh yeah that's true was that chelsea did one right but also um and minhaj did one and like it was actually a great show but it didn't i guess it just didn't get the ratings they have not been able to corner the the weekly update thing it's really binge or nothing else right yeah yeah uh, you know what I watched right before coming over here? What's that? Uh, was uh, Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Oh, what's that? Have you, so it's this Australian um, comedy sketch series. Okay. And it's it's so ridiculous. It's almost like a little more absurd than I think you should leave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. And it features like three guys and they were on Comedy Bang Bang last week. Do you know them? No, I I didn't know them at all. I just heard them on Comedy Bang Bang for the first time. And Scott Ackerman's a producer and Ed Helms is a producer. And it's like a a sketch show that's got a very, very, very loose plot Mm. that they're kind of following, I think, through the whole thing. And it just goes off the rails more and more. And it's Australian. It's Australian. Okay. And uh, and the first episode made me laugh a few times. And where can I find this? Netflix. All right. It got released on Netflix yesterday. Yeah. So check out Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Maybe I have heard of that name. So is that just like an ironic name? Because there's certainly no Auntie Donna in this show. There's def- definitely no explanation. And I think it's just a sketch group. Oh, okay. All right. I think the world should know that you did me a kindness today. We had... <laughs> we had uh, lunch brought in at work but there was like an order mix up and mine didn't come well to be fair i did you a kindness the world did you a real uh slap in the face it was just like i was and, already and i understood that i appreciate that i was already kind of in a sour mood 
I was already kind of feeling like, you ever have those days where you're just like, I think I might be invisible. I was having one of those days. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then your food didn't get delivered. Yeah. And I honestly like, so Sweets walks into my office and goes, hey, uh, what's the deal with these burritos? So what you don't know is that I've already gone around to a couple people at this point. Oh. It was so pathetic, dude. It was like, uh-huh. and, and Becky will vouch, like for days I was like, oh man, it's almost burrito day. Uh, it was no. it, it was like pretzel day in the office. Because I was I, like, it's almost burrito day. I said the same thing to Jen. I yeah. was like, it's burrito day. Yeah. I'm pumped about this burrito. Like, can't wait. And so I went to Tom first and he was already mowing down. And I was like, oh, you already got your burrito? Nice. And he was like, yeah, it's so good. And I'm like, oh, I wonder where I can find it. And he was kind of paused and he's like, uh, Slaney, I think. And <laughs> I did deliver it to Tom because I was like, hey, Cass, you want a hand but for me to hand these out to other and so people? I, I made my way to you and you were empathetic. Although when I asked you like, hey, where where are these burritos? My face. You just... kind of looked at me like I was the one kid who realized he didn't get invited to the sleepover. You're like, oh, uh, uh, I don't know. But I, I was I was trying to source it out. I was like, <laughs> in my head, I was like, okay, is Cass gone yet? Um, does he realize that I've already eaten? How do I break this to him? Yeah. All of these things at the same time, trying to come up with an answer for you and also let you down easy. Well, and it was like, might not have got it was like quarter after one. And I know the burritos were supposed to come at one o'clock. And so at like 10 after I was like, gee, I'm hungry. I hope the burritos are here soon. <laughs> right. I was like really psyched for it. I had a lot more work on my plate today because yeah. I'm like covering a vacation while also doing my job. And so I was like trying to... Um, budget my time effectively and I was like gee I really wanted to be able to eat my lunch now yeah <laughs> that burrito didn't happen and you know the the worst part of it too was that there was an extra one because Kate is working from home oh so but she preemptively gave hers to our boss's daughter ah so it was going back to the house <laughs> so she already found a home for it yeah no I mean that's okay it's just an honest mistake it wasn't a big deal but I think because I was already kind of in a mood I mm. was genuinely kind of emotional and lost over this burrito for 10 minutes. And then, I, and then you gave I me your tell, kale salad, which was so lovely. Was I could really tell. Nice. And I would have been the same way. Yeah. And I was very <laughs> empathetic because I, I, before going to uh, playing that like big round at Cabot links, all of my friends were like, let's just go to the golf course. We'll go to the golf course. We'll get lunch there. And they all get like these like sandwiches and hot dogs and stuff. Yeah. With blatant disregard for like, I was like, guys, like there's not going to be anything gluten free. Like, what am I going to do? And I got these, there's like a bag of chips and I'm, I organized this whole golf trip and I'm hitting balls on the range and I was just so pissed. Uh. And I just went like, like I, I like had a bit of a fit. I was like, why would, like why are we even here right now? <laughs> like all I had was chips. You guys all got to eat. That must be nice. Anyways, I ended up getting like uh like a lob what what they put on a lobster roll, just like the lobster and the mayo eat and, it like, with a fork. and like a bowl. Yeah. And I ate that with a fork and it, it brought me around. But like Sounds for, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it was ha- a happy conclusion there. So I hope I provided you at least a portion of the happiness that I got from you having the Totally did. Honestly, it was a really good kale chicken salad. And um I never even courtesy put, of Jen, by the way. Thank you, Jen. I never put it together that you can particularly and uniquely relate to somebody not being able to eat what everyone else is enjoying, and so that anyway, I appreciate it. It wasn't a big deal, but it, it was like it was just kind of another little thing in the day. Oh, totally. And and uh, I figured at that point that there was no burrito for you too, which no, was just it was gone. Sad. Like it, it was like the yeah. the, oper- the ship had sailed. The ship had sailed. The place is in Tacoma. Yeah. So we just didn't have a shot at getting you back. That's that. the great irony is that I practically have to drive past Tacoma to get to work. <laughs> you like live right next to it. We could <laughs> throw a stone yeah. to 
where this burrito place is. But uh, I didn't know. That's okay. I will say uh, you should try it out because it's a really good burrito (laughs) place. You're close. You should like look all said and done. You did miss out though. It was really good. (laughs) You did. did. But but what you should do is treat yourself to it tomorrow. Yeah, that's a nice idea. Maybe I will. Yeah, I guess they're really busy. Maybe like try to pre-order it or something. (laughs) They're too busy. (laughs) You're like, oh Oh, damn, this place. This is not written in the stars for me. (laughs) You want to tell the people about your big accomplishment? We both did the run. We both had runs. We yep. both had our, our long runs. Yep. Our longest runs that we've had. Mm-hmm. We're both feeling super jazzed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm I'm pa- I'm just trying to heal. I'm trying to... My ankle's still kind of bugging me a little bit. Um, if I told the osteo that told me like, well, do you need to run? Yeah. Like a couple years ago about the fact that I just did a marathon. He'd be like, oh God, it's so damaging. Well, well do you need to run? I know. Yeah, what, maybe like, I what do. What a thing to say That's to someone. That's a horrible thing. Like, to, yeah, a uh, medical specialist, no less. Yeah. Hey, maybe I want to get back to doing a normal thing like running. Mm. Yeah. How about that? You know that thing in uh, Queen's Gambit where the 13-year-old is like, when I'm 16, I'm going to be a grandmaster. Yes. And she's like, well, what are you going to do with the rest of your life after that? Yeah. Is any part of you concerned that now you're 30 and 30, 31? 31. 31. And like you've run the farthest distance that basically any sane person could ever run. Like, does any part of you now that you've done this think like, oh, I could do an Ironman? Uh, a little. Yeah. The thought has crossed my mind of like, oh yeah, there's like, but I, I think I, I would want to get better at doing a marathon first. Like, oh I sure. Take like, now that I've got a benchmark for where I was, mm-hmm. I would want to take that down by like a half an hour. Yeah. Like, try to oh, run wow. like a half an hour faster. Um, but also like. It's pretty damaging on the body to train for marathons. Like yeah. it's not necessarily like it's good for like your cardio and your metabolism, but it's like kind of hell on your joints and your, you know, uh, like, I don't know. It's just like not a, I, and I don't stretch. <laughs> so oh, did you stretch on Saturday? No, no, pretty. I didn't. Well, I didn't stretch before any of my big runs. So, I mean, I, I rolled it out after the fact and yeah, like I was, I was, yeah. I mean, it's more important, around. I think, to stretch afterward. We do like a little bit of like leg swing and some jumping jacks ahead of time, like a warm up. Yeah, sure. But it's pretty minimal. I think the afterward stretch is really important. But but I, I was just trying to stick with what I had done to that point. <laughs> yeah, okay. Which was not a lot. <laughs> I didn't want to switch. The, no, seriously. I, I smoked two packs like, of cigarettes every <laughs> other day. I didn't want to like overstretch. I did have, still have four drinks the night before, but not a bottle of wine and three drinks like the the week before that when I ran 30k. You're a psycho. But in any case, so no, I just feel like there's other stuff to do too. Like there's, you know, I'm I'm interested in like kind of climbing and like what what that might open itself up to or being a chess grandmaster. A chess grandmaster. I honestly did like it's hard to not not want to get into chess when watching Dude, Queen's do you want to play chess because Becky won't play chess with me? Sure. And I, I, I just don't know how. I know, uh, I basically know how. I know what the pieces do. but That's, I, that's all you need, I think. Th- well, except I don't know anything about strategy. You don't strategy. know Sicilian defense? I don't know the Sicilian defense <laughs> oh. or the Queen's Gambit or any of that. Uh, my friend Duncan is a great chess player mm-hmm. and he's quite in it right now. But like he got this beautiful chess board for, from his wife for his birthday. And he's oh, like, nice. yeah, but I, I don't think I can like be actually challenged by anybody. Right. Um, and uh, I, I would like to, I, that and backgammon. Uh, I don't know how to play backgammon. Yeah, backgammon seems like an interesting one. Smart people know how to play chess and backgammon. I always, whenever I hear about backgammon, I always think of in one of the opening episodes of Lost Mm -hmm. when Locke is playing backgammon and what's the kid's name? Walt. Walt is like, 
is that like checkers? And Locke says, no, it's a better game than checkers. I always remembered that. <laughs> Such an easy response. Yeah. Now it's a better game than checkers. Well, for something about that, it was like, now I know, okay, it's a better, it's a more sophisticated game than checkers. Yeah. People find backgammon really fun. Like yeah. the guy who does Freakonomics uh, talks about how he plays backgammon or chess, but he finds backgammon to be like the really fun game to play All right. with his bud. Okay. Well, I got, I got three more Queen's Gambits, but then we're playing chess. So you guys flew through a bunch. We just did two nights, two apiece nice. in the last two nights, but I'm like, I would love to watch one tonight. It's, I mean, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but yeah, I love that show. It's a great, so obviously we give it our ass, but yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert, do like Queen's Gambit. But we, yeah, we finished it and it was, uh, it was awesome. Yes, it is. Great series. And I, I, you know, period pieces I find super hard to get into. Right. Um, but uh, big fan of Queen's Gambit. And and a lot of people were. It has like a style, in terms of like period, it, the style reminds me a lot of Catch Me If You Can. Like yeah. it, it, I, maybe it's because like, there's no casinos, I guess, in Catch Me If You Can, but like it's late 60s, but it's very like colorful and yep. the hairstyles and the clothes are very prominent in the show yeah and and a lot of the sets too are are interesting like you know the colors and the textures there i was just listening to a watch episode where they were talking about that a little bit yeah and it kind of like like chess starts to kind of infiltrate itself into the whole show and oh. like patterns and stuff in ways that i wasn't really noticing but looking back i'm like oh yeah wow that's so brilliant they even say that some of the characters kind of model themselves after like there's some theories on like oh okay like this person being the the rook and this person being the only king. W- only walks in straight lines <laughs> yeah. and like <laughs> yeah I think yeah. so isn't, oh, that, isn't that neat that is kind of cool if it's in fact intentional well I think they were saying just how like how intentional the show seems it does like it's got such an intent behind every you know song and scene and person and and you know her playing style versus her lifestyle is very like tied into each other. And it's almost kind of like self-defeating sometimes. You right. Know? Yeah. Well, I wonder how similar it is to the book. Cause the book came out in like the eighties. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of in development hell for a long time. It was supposed to be adapted as a film, mm-hmm. uh, with Heath Ledger directing. Whoa. And then he died and it just kind of went into development limbo. Wow. And now it's it seems to be better suited for a for a Netflix series, but yeah, I wonder I wonder if it's strategically crafted like the characters are in fact given that kind of a personality because there's that scene where she's in her bedroom and she's doing the magazine interview. Yeah. And the remember the reporters only asking like really trashy leading questions yes. and she's like do you like chess because you're an orphan and you see the queen as your mother? Right. And yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That whole show um, just made... I started talking without knowing where I was going. That's I was okay. kind of yeah. trying to make some... You can't play chess that way. For I, what it's worth. I can't be that intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, apparently the writer too, could, like speaking about the book, I guess he like wrote the book and then like was like, okay, I'm good. And just like moved to Mexico and like drank for the rest of his life. Oh, wow. Which is also kind of like, uh, maybe there's shades of that in the show. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. don't write that way without having some experience. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's save the rest of it. Cause it okay. is, it is a rich conversation. Just a few, uh, entertainment news items I wanted to bring up. Emily in Paris renewed for season two. Screw you glow, but Emily in Paris is coming back. <laughs> How are you starting with? Okay. We haven't had a, a podcast 
since the don't election. Don't yep, don't don't and don't say Alex Trebek. I gotta save it. Well, okay, clearly that part. But yeah. I just love that you led with Emily in Paris. You know what? I just wanted to say it is first on my list. Um, Netflix tweeted the. It was like a friendly reminder. I don't know if it was passive aggressive. I don't know if it was a joke or if they're being serious. But they allegedly want you to pronounce Emily in Paris with a French accent. Like so, Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris. Yeah. So that it rhymes. Uh, that's amazing. That's ridiculous. It also doesn't suit the show because it's about a person who doesn't speak French. Right. <laughs> but I do love I do love the fact that Netflix has enough of a sense of humor to be like, we gotta tell them this. Maybe it is a sense of humor, or maybe it has it's to or be. maybe it's like, guys, you're doing it wrong. Everyone Yeah, no. I think it, like when you're when you're making a mistake like that, you can't just come in and say it's actually pronounced like that. I think they're they see the humor in that. Maybe you're right. Okay, election. Are we gonna do we have anything interesting to say about the election? For God's sake! I oh mean, my God, we did it. Is yeah, what we have to we say. Did, yeah, we with the help of Will Smith, we did our part. Yeah, Will helped. Yeah, he did. You can trust him a little so more. So far, so far, right now, we're yeah, we're kind of trying some things out. Yeah, but uh, holy hell, man! Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I listened back to our podcast a few days later. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we're all like, hey, maybe by the time this comes out, you'll yeah. know who the president's going to be. And it was like. Five days. I think it was every bit of five full days. Oh yeah. Um, but it was about noon, and I I had been just like consuming so much CNN. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted. I couldn't believe how how much their their like their A team was on television for those five days. It's unbelievable. John King. Just... John King. I know. Jake almost died on television. I think like he, he Jake Tapper had the biggest bags under his eyes. At one point, he just started laughing. Like he just started laughing because he was clearly so sleep deprived. Oh my God. Um, and then uh, around noon, they were able to to call it and everything else is uh, going kind of crazy. But I do feel at peace. Yeah. It's nice to know that like, okay, at least, you know, and Trump is still saying like, no. I mean, he'll never concede now. Concede. Yeah. But he'll leave. He'll leave like a coward. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be awesome. For I, I can't, I can't convey it effectively. I'm not uh, brainy or, or verbal enough, but anybody who's concerned about Trump's threats or Pompeo's suggestions that there'll be a second Trump administration or or anybody with any kind of uh, worries that the courts are too stacked for Biden to ever make it to the White House. Listen to this week, Wednesday's, actually, I think it was Thursday's Pod Save America, the one that came out today. Oh, okay. In the first 15 minutes, they can tell you exactly why it, you have nothing to worry about. Nice. Yeah. As I saw there was a Pod Save the World too? Yes, is that's that a new also, thing? It's also no, it's not a new thing. It's also okay. part of Crooked Media. I don't. It's one of the main guys with his own podcast. I think it's just kind of how American politics are affecting global politics. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Pod Save America. I will listen to that because I I am genuinely curious. This is a good week to start listening to Pod Save America. Like the rest of us have only ever listened to it in this like era where Pod is trying to save America. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they have a little something to be happy about right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good place Very to good. get context. Mm-hmm. Um. Is SNL now going to take a couple weeks off? Because they've never done seven in a row like they did. Oh, I got to say, too, um, after the 42 kilometers, after the marathon, Colin Colin had told me, like, while he was he was running the last 5K with me, and he was like, oh, yeah, and Trump's president. Or, and uh, Biden, Biden got elected. Yeah. That's what he said. Oh, what a good thing. So you came back to Biden got elected. I came back to Trebek died. Yes, I know. I know. Sunday sucked. But Saturday was really good. Yeah, Saturday was really good. Yeah. I texted you, and then immediately I went on Twitter, 
and Alex Trebek had passed away. Yeah. Yeah. That one really hurts. Still really hurts. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like this clip that I think it was only about a year ago. Uh, somebody didn't know the answer in Final Jeopardy. And so instead he just wrote on his little doodle pad. Uh, we love you, Alex. Yeah. And Alex got a little, um, a little, a little misty. Yeah. And it's come up a few times. Anytime I see it, I get a little misty too. Mm. Yeah. There's, um, you know, and and we were saying too, you know, not a guy who seemed sick at any of the point where he was sick. And you were kind of saying, <laughs> no, not there lately. Is like stoicism. Yeah. That we maybe never know. He had like a very uh, genuine class about him. Oh my God, the poise of that man. Poise. poise. Yeah. Poise, but also a real kind of tongue in cheek too like he, he was able to toe the line perfectly where he just fed you enough personality that you like felt really comforted with him like right. it was very easy to like feel safe in his care mm-hmm. and it was there was nothing frivolous about watching an episode of jeopardy you know right um, I, I heard a quote tonight where he said he he took the job seriously he never took himself seriously yeah that's perfect like a good balance yeah that's bang on great yeah. quote um there's this girl who wrote a, a book and you'd really like the book um and it's going to be all about uh, Jeopardy mm. and Alex Trebek and uh, it's called Answers in the Form of Questions. Yeah, I know about this book. Yeah. yeah. What a great title for it too. It's it's really great. I, I heard an interesting thing about this. It was a couple years ago. Actually, maybe it wasn't even that long ago but there was a famous viral Jeopardy moment where it seemed like nobody could name Tom Hanks. There was like a picture of Tom Hanks and everyone was like, they just like went silent. Yeah. And so it turns out through the investigation of writing this book, it was just a buzzer malfunction. Uh. And so there's like all kinds of like little neat jeopardy like moments and tidbits in in this book and there's um there's like you know pretty loyal reddits to jeopardy have you been through those at all yeah yeah people people adore alex trebek yeah it's it's like i've I've said it a lot and maybe it's it's an overstatement but he does have like kind of a part of your family quality yeah because he's in your home Mm -hmm. i'm usually eating dinner when i'm watching him he just kind of has like an like an uncle quality yeah uh and he's always been around yeah yeah. Uncle Alex. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 80 years old. Like, that's not... Well, and like two full years with stage four pancreatic cancer. Right. Like that, he really like, that was amazing. It was going to happen, but it still, it still was pretty it's tough. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, and tough. so close to, to Sean Connery too. Lots been made of yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and re- I'm waiting for the memes there. There's starting to be a little bit of discussion over who could replace Trebek. I find that to be a little vulgar. Yeah. I was going to ask you. I mean, it's kind of like replacing James Bond. There, there's going to be a lot of people who decide who it has to be mm-hmm. or or they fucked it up. And a lot of those people will say Ken Jennings without any knowledge on their part of what it takes to be a great broadcaster. Like I was listening to another podcast and they basically explained that like what Alex does is conduct a symphony for 30 minutes every right. night. It is so rhythmic. And yeah. Ken Jennings is very personable. He's obviously very bright, very likable. Maybe he could host that show, but just because of those things does not a Jeopardy host make. Right. And and uh, Trebek had his like TV reps before even going into hosting the show. Yeah. He hosted like four game shows at once in the 80s. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go back to he was a different kind of game show host. Like when he started the show, he was very like typical game shows with like a loud voice and he talked really, it was really a fast. Lot more like this. And, and then he yeah. kind of subdued and became like a, a friendly old man. Right. Really found his his natural rhythm. There's lots of like news people who could do the show well if they have like the wry sense of humor. That would be like an Anderson Cooper type could probably do it. And also you only film 
Like you filmed five episodes of Jeopardy in like an afternoon. Like right. you could keep doing whatever you're doing. Um, I don't know, a Meredith Vieira type maybe sure. or a Katie Couric. There was a little talk about George Stephanopoulos, and then it was a little pushback on that. The fact is, it's kind of a um, an inane conversation because you can't replace him. You're not right. going to be totally thrilled, probably. Now, did Trebek ever lay out his kind of uh, will of who he thought would be a good host? I know that like that was a popular thing with Bob Barker. He yeah. was, he was like Drew Carey is the biggest. He did. I think he did. I think he was like, yeah, no, like the Price is Right, like. They were they were kind of buds because Drew huh. worshipped at the Church of the Price is Right. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing to do because Drew Carey has hosted the Price is Right for like fifteen years now, probably. Right? Yeah, it's been going on so long. Like that's his main job, and good for him. It must be very joyous. Probably not that strenuous. Probably similarly, they do a couple in a day. Right. And it must pay pretty well. Mm-hmm. But then that becomes what you do. Like he's not. Is he doing stand up? Like did no. Drew Carey ever I, do stand up? Oh yeah. Yeah. But but I, I don't think he is now. I think he's just all Price is Right. I think he's like, if I can die like, you know, <laughs> die like Bob Barker, who's not dead yet. Or is he dead? No, he's not. If I can like, you know, just keep rocking it and then become the Jeopardy guy or become mm. the, the new Price is Right guy, which I still don't think he hasn't replaced Bob Barker. Like when, no. you, when you talk about the Price is Right, I still the other day, said like one dollar bob and I, I went oh my god now it's it's been drew for 15 years now yeah well and alex is part of that too like yeah 100 percent. people say the name alex all the time i was thinking about the celebrity deaths that we've had in 2020 and how impactful or meaningful they can be to a lot of people like some of them are not that surprising but they still hurt because of their iconicism like alex or regis mm-hmm. oh yeah uh some of them are like uh not surprising but they have all of these other cultural implications like ruth bader ginsburg sure um and then there's others that have just been like utterly bewildering like chadwick boseman or kobe bryant right um or heath ledger or philip seymour hoffman not in 2020 but yes oh sure yeah um but they're in that ilk they're part Mm -hmm. of that kind of like uh, i remember where i was when i found out because it was so bizarre right anyway so so that and (laughs) you mentioned the the many flaws of Sean Connery, but some some big celebrity deaths this year. Yeah, why should that be any different from everything else that's made this a well? Hellscape? I mean, so many of the the people that people grew up with are are more like the older we get, and the more that society becomes, um, you know, like Hollywood focused. These people are a bigger deal than you know when ten years ago, one of those old timey kind of. You know, like we're we're getting to the the golden age of like you know like, uh, we got Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. They're getting up there, yeah. And like like you know these these A plus plus list actors, right? Well, and there's just more famous people than there used to be. I think that's part of it too. And yes. So by that logic, twenty years from now, there's going to be a, a dead celebrity every week, right? Right. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I was getting to. Was like there's just so many more famous people, and these people like. Alex and Regis and Sean Connery even because of who he was mm-hmm. like famous until they died. Like a lot of people our age didn't really lose any sleep over Olivia de Havilland passing away in at 90 or whatever she was right. six months ago when she died. Um, but once upon a time, she was, you know, as famous as, as the most famous people, but she didn't stick around and host a game show until she was 80. Right. Right. Yeah. Not, not quite a household name. No. 
anyway, sad about Alex, but he's still, uh, his last episode airs on Christmas day. Um, he's got 33 more, I think in the can and you know, 8,000 prior. He must have recorded something. I don't know. He that, just kept working right up until he was gone. But uh, you you don't think that he had something where it's like, hey, if you're watching this, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he did. And I feel like it's going to air at the end of the final episode of Jeopardy. Maybe. Where he's going to be like, thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, I know how much it means. And on, and on Christmas Day, no less. <laughs> with, Jeez. with your whole family. That sounds horrifying in a beautiful way. <laughs> we do know that he had said he knows what he wants to say. Okay. So I don't know if that means that it was put on the record or if mm-hmm. or if it's or if it died with him. But um now his wife came out today and and yeah. voiced her her thoughts on it all, which I, I didn't delve into. I think it was just like thanks did. to the fans, the outpouring of love yeah. and that would have meant so much to Alex and you know. They both looked great. Like how old is she? She's like thirty years younger than him. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That's why <laughs> she looks great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when did they like is this like his first wife? No, I, well, maybe. I think they were like 55 and 25 when they got married. Oh, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you go. But they stayed together. There you go. It's kind of nice. Do they have kids? I don't know. Probably. The Trebecks? Yeah. Maybe it was Kid Will Take Over. Oh, God. Hey, I'm John Trebek. <laughs> He's got like a mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drying this thing out. Uh, the Friends reunion officially slated for March. March. This thing's been in, in the talks for God knows how long. I can't even believe like. I saw that headline and I was like, that didn't come out yet? Well, it's been so hyped. People are going to be disappointed by it. There's just no way they won't be. Totally. Yeah. Just put it out. You just put some just... famous people, none of whom have ever like disappeared. Like yeah. we've seen them all. Right. Five years ago, five out of six of them did a Jim Burrow special together. It was kind right. of a reunion. Like yeah. it's not going to be that big of a deal. Just drop it. Just, well, they have to I mean, like it. drop the album. Oh, they haven't filled it. No, they're going to do it all in, in March, in I March. guess, for HBO. Uh, William Jackson Harper, Cheedy yeah. mm-hmm. from The Good Place, he is going to headline the new season of HBO's Love Life anthology. So the oh, Anna Kendrick show we both watched and He's enjoyed. The one my sister knows. That's right. Um, Anna Kendrick's story is kind of resolved. She has like a baby in the end, right? Yes. Um, but they're going to make more Love Life as an anthology, different famous persons Love Life and explored each season. And if I can spoil even more, with the dude from uh, uh, Mac. From um, uh, High Fidelity. Mac from High Fidelity. Yeah. Who was that? The handsome black guy? Yeah. What was he in? He, he was... Oh, he's going to be in Love Life. No, he he was the one who Anna Kendrick has the baby with in the end. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's right. Did you you finish it? Yeah, Love Life. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes, I did. Yeah. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I, I thought, thought it was good to watch. I thought it was... A, I don't remember a lot about it. I remember finding her chef boyfriend... Um, despicable. Oh, Nick Thune. Yeah, he's a Nick comedian. Thune. Yeah, I know. He was not a good dude. No, I actually saw him in Halifax. Oh, and okay. And Honoru. That's kind of fun. Yeah, he's great. Um, her cokehead best friend was a lot. It was the whole episode yes. where she was like really messed up. Right. That was that and was that kind of just went away because it's traveling through time. Did yeah. yeah. I liked her other boyfriend, the guy who kept coming back, and I maybe. Did they have a baby together? Yeah, yeah, that, they yeah, had the baby. That's together. actually that's actually yeah. the yeah. You're right, and and so they co-parent. That's right. I liked him. Yes. Yeah. He, he was great too. He was in um that other show. How many series have I watched this year? Like a hundred thousand. You've always watched tons of TV. 
more so this year, I think, than ever before. I remember thinking that when I first lived with you. I was like, wow, this guy, there's not a major show this he, guy doesn't watch. He knocks him back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the FX one with uh, Nick Offerman. He was in that one, too. Yes, Devs. Devs. Yeah. Yeah. Finish that. Kind of stopped being a buzzable show. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. It fell off. Too dark. Like, even even Queen's Gambit has a, a bit of a sense of humor. It's got a, it's got a ton of sense of humor. Yeah, it's I got think like, so. It's got a fun little, like, vibe about it. Devs kind of does not like, have that at all. Like a thriller energy to it, but, like, it's a little peppy. Again, kind of right. like Catch Me If You Can. It kind of reminds me of that totally. movie, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, and the only other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Are you up on the Johnny Depp situation? Uh, no, not even a little bit. Johnny Depp lost his libel case against Amber Heard who accused him of being a, an abusive uh, either husband or partner. Yeah. There is audio of her hitting him and then saying, no one will ever believe you. Oh. So we don't know for sure that he didn't or did do what she accused him of, but we do know that she has a duplicity to her as well um, based on this audio evidence. Anyway, he lost his libel case against her and as a result, Warner Brothers asked him to step down from the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Okay. And so he did. Okay. So he will not be in any more of those cursed movies. Sure. Uh, and now they're eyeing Mads Mikkelsen to take over the Grindelwald role, which will displease people because that role initially was kind of Colin Farrell's in uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him. And then we found out that was just like a disguise right. for Grindelwald. I think a lot of people are like, well, this is a perfect opportunity to get Colin Farrell back, who is kind of like better than Johnny Depp anyway. Um, And I I guess they're not going to do that. Mads Mikkelsen is good too, but like, I I don't have an opinion because I I don't, I I was one of those, I wasn't there things and I'm not so invested in Johnny Depp that I especially need an opinion. Right. But it just, the whole thing does does kind of stink. If you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah, You're always going to, it's going to be one of those things now where you see Johnny Depp in something and you're like, didn't he do something? Yeah. Like, and maybe you did. I'm not supposed to feel good about this. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, his, his moment was a long, long time ago anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's been a couple of those people lately where I'm like, I'll, I'll turn on the TV and go like, do I like this person? Are they, did they do something wrong? Oh, can you think of another example? Uh, cause I, we do forget about some people. Yeah. There's others that we'll never forget about. Right. Well, for instance, like, okay. Uh, a really, a really kind of like like uh, diluted version of this one, or and right, I guess I should say like a less diluted version of this one because it's a, a little more top of mind is Alec Baldwin. Okay, where you go like, oh yeah, didn't he like call his daughter like a dirty pig or yes. something? Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, right, it's you don't feel when you watch Alec Baldwin on comedians and cars getting coffee, you go like, wait, no, there's. There's something bad though. Talk shows. I mean, SNL. He seems like a blast. He's like totally. obviously a great actor. He's so funny. Um, but and and he's talked about that on Howard Stern a little bit too. Like, I know there's this reputation that I have a temper, but like the five times in my life where I really lost my temper, I've all been in front of paparazzi, and it's like, well, I don't believe you. That's right. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, you had like phone call. you've had like five insanely aggressive violent public meltdowns and there always happen to be people there to to catalog it right you never lose your temper in private yeah that's also messed up and yeah there is the audio of him calling his daughter a pig yeah which is just like something you can't do nope 
You can't do that. You can't do it. You just can't. James Franco is another one. Like it, it's a little easier to remember than he got me too. That's right. And he has been virtually absent since then. Yes, he certainly has been. Yeah. That's funny. And and sometimes I wonder when someone's interviewing like uh like his brother, the publicist must say, like, hey, you can talk about James Franco, but like you're not getting into that bullshit with him. Yeah. He's got uh, like a squeaky clean reputation. Dave, yeah. Dave Franco. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Alison Brie. Yeah. They're a sweet little couple. Sweet little couple. She's in the trailer for this new movie with, well, it's with Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Dan um, Levy. Um, oh, wow. Mary Steenburgen, Victor Garber, Aubrey, Pl- Aubrey Plaza. It's like the Christmas rom-com on Hulu this, this season. Oh, I love it. Um, it is Victor Garber type one diabetic. Yes, that's right. Canadian. Um, so it's getting a little bit of attention because it's, it's, uh, like a, a gay rom-com, which has been long oh, overdue. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Oh, I didn't tell you, uh, something that you'll be, but it looks really sweet. The trailer looks really cute. Something you'll be excited about, uh, is that we are through three seasons into fourth season of Shit's Creek. Oh, that's great news. Yeah. We're, we're. That's our our show. So you got over the hump, and now you get it. You love the roses. Yeah, I do. Like I'm hoping that I kind of love the fourth season most. Okay. Like I I, I have a, a feeling that it kind of gets better as the show goes. I think it does, but I also thought it was pretty strong right away. Yeah. I. You know what I think it is is that I'm a lot less interested with um. Johnny Rose and uh, Catherine O'Hara. And I find them very fun. Like, there's such great characters in it. And I, I acknowledge that. Okay. But I'm just so much more interested with the plot points of um, the younger two, of Alexis and De- David. Definitely Alexis is the heart of the show. She's yeah. she's the one who does the growth. She's maybe the best performance on the show is is Annie Murphy's because it's yeah. the most grounded and like a real person. Totally. Um, Catherine O'Hara is comedic genius. She doesn't have a ton of depth. I mean, no, like, but I think, every now and then she has an episode where she's like clearly very insecure. Right. right. Um, but like, so for instance, the episode that I liked the most so far probably was the, the episode where David and David's going to take his driver's test. Okay. And, and Alexis is saying no one cares. And they're, they're talking about how his character is so uptight and her character is so like, I don't care, whatever. Right. Um, and, it's basically like a kind of a metaphor for anxiety. And he's like, she's like, no one is judging you. Like if you fail this, like no, the guy who's doing the driver's test doesn't actually care. Right. And he's ends up being like on his phone the whole time. And she was right. And he's kind of like, yeah, he didn't. So you identified with that. You, you saw through that. Yeah. I love that. That's nice. Well, I'm glad you're, you're kind of enjoying it. It's, it's interesting because it does intrinsically feel like a Canadian sitcom. Mm-hmm. but with better writing than almost every Canadian sitcom. Well, it's because they don't hit you over the head with it at all. You know, you, you almost barely know that it's even supposed to like, Oh, you're right. No, they don't even put Canadian money in it. Like they, right. They, Do they put American money in it though? No, they don't. It's put, just, they, it's very ambiguous. deliberately leave it nationally ambiguous. There's like an episode late in the series where they go to New York. Right. Um, and it's probably Toronto, right. but, but like, they, there's no talk about whether or not they had to like go through customs or anything. Right. They don't say that Shit's Creek is in Canada. They make some mentions of like Montreal early in like the first couple seasons. Right. Montreal or Toronto. Um, 
but you don't know where their. Uh, I guess their original house was in New York, but they or, don't or even like say Beverly that. Hills, maybe like. Right. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know exactly. Except when it started, it was probably just a show that was going to be in Canada, and then very quickly they got this contract with Pop TV and then Netflix, and so they wanted to have like a broad audience, yes. right? We have an American audience now. Let's try not to and alienate uh, Americans, right? And obviously that worked, but it just doesn't. It feels so self-contained to itself. Like it does. You don't really see cameos from people you see in other sitcoms. Right. Um, you see some like famous Americans sometimes, but like. Like, I mean, like Chris um, Elliott is in the whole show. Sure. What do you think of his character, by the way? I mean, I, I actually find him funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm never like, oh, great, Chris Elliott's on the screen right now. But there are some times where I find him to be like the funniest thing happening really? in the scene. Like just something he'll say. Like there was an episode we watched last night where he was being invited to uh, Bob's poker game. Okay. But he was trying to hide. He's like, just just don't say anything. Don't t- like don't tell him that I'm over here. And he's he he's hiding and he says something really funny when he's hiding. And Jen and I like burst out laughing. And you know he's just like a kind of a, a funny improv performer. Yes, true. That can toss stuff out like that. So the original idea was that uh he Well, obviously he was always gonna play Roland, but Abby Elliott, his daughter, was supposed to play Alexis. And so it was going to be this crazy. like little family amalgam show. Right. And she couldn't do it because she was still on SNL at the time. Oh, wow. Um, and so, really... they, so they just got Annie Murphy, who was a nobody. Right. Um, and she's fabulous in it. And I saw her thing on Reddit where she had like $200 left in her bank account. And she just yeah. like moved out of her apartment. And it was like, it was the last possible thing that could happen. Before. Her next show sounds kind of interesting we've talked about it before on the podcast it's it's a sitcom but it's like a deconstructive meta sitcom about the sitcom wife and it's called kevin can fuck himself oh right and it's yeah, about yeah, yeah. like a sitcom wife deciding she's going to be a real person oh man that's amazing yeah and she's starring in it yes D- does she have anything to do with the creation of it i don't know i don't think so okay i really like bob in schitt's creek i he's my do favorite you? he's my favorite side character yeah oh my god I find him so tedious. <laughs> and I like Twyla a lot in the Twyla's good. Yeah. Yeah. She's which is so ridiculously positive. Which is Eugene Levy's daughter. Yeah, Sarah Levy, yeah. Right. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you're watching that show. Have you seen Citizen Kane? Oh, sorry. Just one more thing. Uh, <laughs> one more okay. thing that I All meant right. to talk to you about a couple times at work. <laughs> we'll talk about Citizen Kane after. Fuck <laughs> like Citizen Kane okay. for a second. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It almost sounded fake. Yeah. Have you seen Citizen Kane? Okay, just hang on. So, you know the guy in Shit's Creek that uh, Stevie and um, uh, David are. Yeah, he's from Dartmouth. He went to PA. Yeah, Jen not, was like, "Oh my God, it's Stephen Lund." Yeah, not just that. He like lived behind my parents for a little while. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he was very close to your your area that you grew up, probably. But. Right. I don't I, know him. I know people that know him very well. He must be older than us, though. Yeah, he's like like three or four years older than me. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, good for him. Anyways, just wanted to make sure you knew that. I'm, I felt like I'm up I'd be it. doing an injustice if you didn't. <laughs> he's know. not in Citizen Kane. Anyways, what about Citizen Kane? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that movie? Do you have, you have you watched Citizen Kane before? I have not. I want to watch it um, because the new uh, uh, David Fincher movie. Mank. Mank is about the making of that movie. And I think it would be enriching to see Citizen Kane first. I just learned that over the last like 
two weeks that right. that's what mag is about it looks it looks cool and i've only heard great reviews it's not out on netflix until december but it's about herman mankowitz who is the cinematographer of citizen kane and there is some uh mythos there's some dispute Lord. over exactly how much influence he had over the movie uh alongside orson welles and i mean a lot has been said about how citizen kane is like one of the greatest films ever made mm-hmm. um I know a little bit about it, but it seems I should watch that movie, if only to enrich myself culturally, but then also to better understand Mank. Well, it's supposed to be like the number one ever in the yes, criteria and but, but don't collection you kind of wonder thing? if that's just a thing that, that totally. people are afraid to unseat it because of, it's been there for so long? Of course. I have no idea. Like it, it could very well just be one of those movies where you watch and go like, okay, I, I think I get it. Right. Like, I think I get why everyone's obsessed with it. Like, I watched The Godfather so late. It was like three years ago I first watched The Godfather. Right. And I was so excited that I got it. Like, I watched The Godfather and I was like, because similarly, I was like, I bet The Godfather's good. How can it possibly still be the greatest movie ever? Right. And it really was great. You were like, that was exciting. I think that's a big and important part of it. Yeah. It's like you are watching a great plot Mm -hmm. with great actors and it's exciting like well it's and not... it's the best developed character ever totally. like like the character i've never seen a character so efficiently developed in throughout one movie well yeah like walter white i guess but that took six years right <laughs> it's right. just it was it was so you don't get any whiplash from that movie right it's fun it's entertaining that's yes. nice too and i have a real fear that citizen kane while maybe technically proficient right will be boring af yeah you're that's a great point it might not be fun yeah like it's fun to to sit down and watch the godfather right you know in kind of like a uh a way that's a little um i guess kind of sad yeah it's not back to the future I mean, I really want to watch The Irishman again. I only ever watched it the once. Again, that is a fun movie yeah. that is that is deeply sad. Yeah. I mean, it, well, Goodfellas. Okay, we're noticing a theme here. There you go. <laughs> yeah, You watch Goodfellas, right? I've never seen Goodfellas. Oh, that's the one that you haven't watched. That should yeah. be our next I Watch, You Watch. Uh, show, show, movie, movie? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think I have some friends who I said we would watch that together because we haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah. I've never not liked a Scorsese movie. Uh, yeah. Great. Right. So what? Which ones have you seen? Uh, we watched Taxi Driver last year. Right. Um, which I haven't seen. Oh, you should watch Taxi Driver. Yeah. Uh, you'll only watch it the once. Right. But it was great. Okay. It's like a play, but it's in like cars and stuff. It's, sure. And it's dark, but like... Um, I, uh, was it a, a fun watch? No. Continuing this theme? Okay. Well, not in the same way. No. But okay. like... But you're not bored watching it. No. No, you're not bored. It's a like a thriller, I you're guess. And and again, like a good character development, I guess. Um obviously I like Wolf of Wall Street so much. I've never seen Raging Bull. Yeah, I have. I think again, very sad. Yeah, that's that's kind of across the line for me. It's not one of those movies you you want to see more than once mm-hmm. and it's not it's it's high drama. And I've seen The Departed Mm-hmm. Which I actually think is a little overrated. Maybe that's a hot take. I think it's really good, but well, like I, th- I think people pretty pretty widely say that Scorsese shouldn't have got Best Picture for the Department. Yeah, it was one of those it's career just like things. Makeup ones. Yeah, I definitely saw Hugo, but I don't remember having any having any opinions any about feelings? it. Okay. And I've seen the Last Waltz, but that's kind of a different thing too. Oh, Last yeah. Waltz, so good. I know you love Last Waltz. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'm gonna watch Citizen Kane. 
All right. <laughs> Let's talk about shows. Sure. Let's go. Okay. Uh, I'll let you pick, but we've already talked about Queen's Gambit a lot, so we can either save that for the end mm-hmm. and do Moonbase now, or we can just dig right in. Uh... Yeah, let's just let's just dig right in. Okay, you think you can isolate the pilot of? I, I think I can. Okay, all right. You're gonna do the pilot episode of the Queen's Gambit mm-hmm. in three, two. This is kind of nice because it's the one where a different actress plays her, so you can kind of think about it that way. Uh, what's what's the main character's name in it again? Uh, Harmon Beth. Har- Beth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pilot episode of the Queen's Gambit in three, two, one, go. Beth's mother is not well. She steers into oncoming traffic and she dies. Beth goes to an orphanage. Uh, she's clearly very bright. Uh, she's having flashbacks about her mother, who's also very bright. She ends up uh, going to the basement while trying to clear some chalk, meets the janitor, uh, starts playing chess with the janitor. The janitor is like, holy shit, she's the smartest girl ever. Ends up basically like schooling a bunch of high school kids uh, and... Uh, I think that's pretty much the first episode. Well, no, you left out the fact that this orphanage is tranking kids to keep them that's an important sed- sedated, and yeah. she very quickly becomes addicted to the drugs because they help her. It was her limitless, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Like with with these pills, she is able to go to bed and like just get lost in chess in her in her, and this makes her a chess genius. It really romanticizes drugs for me. <laughs> Yeah, except her life is so unhappy. Right. But yes, it, it, at least the way she's a, she sees it, um, the drugs make her a chess genius. And in the end, because they've stopped tranking the kids, she uh, breaks into the medical office at school and steals a whole jug of pills and just eats fistfuls just, of them. Ha- oh just, my God. It's actually so disturbing. It would take down like a horse. Yes, yes. It's amazing that she doesn't have like brain damage from the amount of drugs she takes It's funny at that, nine. It's funny that they still had them and the the orderly is like, yeah, it turns out you can't drug kids anymore. You can't <laughs> tran- tranquilize kids anymore. It was interesting. I haven't seen a new thing do classic um, grungy orphanage in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it was very much that. Like, there's, like, an older kid who knows the ropes, and she's there to kind of, like, tell Beth, like, what's mm-hmm. doing, and she's kind of tougher. And... I like that there was no, like, serious abuse happening in the in the grungy orphanage. No, but that... you think that it's just a, a minute away at any point, yeah, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they really keep you on your toes with that one. And they're drugging the kids. And they're drugging the kids. But you're right. No one's getting, like, emotionally abused. And, right. and Mr. Scheibel, the janitor... He's very rough around the edges, but he does gr- come to like her and definitely recognizes that she's gifted. Yes. Well, he's gifted too. Why is that? Why is there not more made of that? Is he? I don't know. He seems like a very bright chess player, but I, I guess chess is just a game. I think he just loves chess. Like he reads yeah. the strat. He has the books and stuff. He's right. like, he, she finds him sitting alone, like trying to get better at chess. But very quickly, this nine-year-old is better than him. Were, was chess so popular back then that there were really magazines on the stands and you could go like, hey, I'm going down to get a uh, chess daily. No, I totally thought of that too. Okay. I was like, when she get, when she's older and she goes into the convenience store and there's like a life magazine, a time magazine and a chess daily. Yeah. I was like, there's no way. Right. <laughs> and there's like later on in the series with like Benny, there's like, he's got his like chess magazines with him on the cover all over yeah. the place. Like how many chess magazines were there? Well, maybe this is just, maybe we're just seeing it through Beth's eyes. Like she just yeah. wants, wants. And so she doesn't have a board, but you're right. There's like a moment where like kind of a test to see if she is as good as they say or as they suspect mm-hmm. they bring her to the high school and she has to play like 12 guys right at the same time 
And I got to say, what a ballsy way to do this show because you're starting a series without really showing um, the current day Beth. They show her in a mm-hmm. like flash forward at like the the very beginning when she's clearly like taking some drugs and alcohol. Yeah, she's late for her game. She's like overslept yeah. or something. Yeah, that's Against true. That's, they kind of set the tone Oregon. there. Yeah. Um, but the but the whole you know to speak to the the courage of the of the writing on it, it's all a flashback. The first whole episode. Normally they would show maybe a first episode and right. then there'd be a flashback episode at like three or four. That's a good point. I mean, even the second episode starts and she's still a little girl, although then they start to age her up and the Anya Taylor-Joy uh, is playing Beth again for the rest right. of the series. I mean, it might be slightly uh, constrained by the way the book is written. If they really wanted to be faithful to the book, maybe sure. the first hundred pages are nine-year-old Beth. Right. But to your point, they could have gotten around that if they wanted to like kind of move some stuff around and make it all flashbacks mm-hmm. and still have her as 17 year old Beth or whatever we should, we should add a new segment into the show show or a new question where like we have like a little checklist. And one of the things is at any point in the show, could the phrase, you're probably wondering how I got here <laughs> be, be uh, shoehorned into it. And it could in this series. Yeah. That would be bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it would have, it if she like, said that, if it has like a dead, a weird self narration in just the first scene, it would be kind of fun to have like a show show bingo. I can't believe we've never thought of that. Yeah, before. you're right. Show show bingo. What yeah. else would we have? Like just got to think of like some pilot cliches. Like just, yeah. Cameos, but yeah, like pilot cliches of like development. Like why did she say like, and Marie, I'm your mother and right. I'm telling you that exposition it's the quite, whole yeah. state of North Carolina is going to disagree with you. Yeah. Right. Your father the king. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to brainstorm uh, a pilot, a pilot bingo card because that's, I can't believe we haven't thought about that. Sure. Sooner. We should just start texting back and forth about that until we have one filled. Okay. Great idea. We'll have a little, we'll get like, one blown up and we can, we can go through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even if it takes a few weeks. Totally. Like, hey, we only we took us five weeks to get bingo or something. Hey, that, that, t- this is fun. I'm it excited. took us four years to get Trump out of the house. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took us five years to come up with this idea. That's true. Genius takes time. That's right. Just ask Beth. That's right. I've seen four out of seven, and I'm already getting that feeling that it's like I'm going to be sad when it's over. Yeah. 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 It was a good watch. I would probably watch it over again. Honestly, it's it's a good watch, and I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know for sure. It's enthralling, and I took very few notes on it because it was just so. You just want to watch. Fun it. To watch. You want to enjoy it. Really good, and she's a great actor in it. And yeah, it's a, she's a little cliche with her, like I'm a savant and I don't blink kind of thing. Like we've seen that a few times. Whatever, uh, and also it's a bit of a cliche that like the person is incredibly brilliant, but also a drug addict. Like that's a little mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmesy, mm-hmm. and goes from like. Uh, like she's all that like oh my god she's such a nerd to like whoa she's the most yeah. attractive yeah. person we've well, ever seen part of that is because she gets rich and she yeah. can, has all these nice clothes yeah it's true. she always has weird hair it's true yeah it's not until her mom really like goes her adoptive mother adoptive yeah let's mother. let's not give too much away here but that is an interesting performance it's a great performance it is it's she's solid deeply sad that woman i know yeah i know yeah, she, uh, well, you'd be sad too if Mr. Wheatley just up and, 
I'd be sad got, to get rid of him. Got detained in Denver. He left her the house. That's true. She can just like vacuum and play piano all day. That's what she loves. Yeah. Drink beers. That's what she loves. <laughs> I love that she's a beer drinker too. I noticed that too. I find that kind of atypical. Like, in the 60s, yeah. a lady is just like pounding Pabst and Blue Ribbons. You're right. And she's pretty like classy, especially once Beth starts making money. She like, she plays amazing piano. Yeah. She wants to be like a society lady. Yeah. But she loves PBRs. <laughs> Pass me a Pabst, baby. It's true such it's such a good show i think i was going somewhere but i i, I don't know what i was going to say um really really great i want to play chess <laughs> it makes me want to be a better chess player. i don't want it to ruin my life or though. a player that can play chess yeah interest some interesting characters uh some actors turn up who we recognize Big um time. dudley dursley is in episode two so tell me who dudley dursley is he's the odd looking uh, clearly british guy playing an american who right belkin who, belkin right yeah. She beats him, I think, right? Yes. It's a long time. I shouldn't give anything away, but like she doesn't lose a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the dude from Game of Thrones slash Love Actually, who plays like yes. the cowboy guy. Benny, I think. He's very corny. Yeah. He's <laughs> he, so he is. cheesy. He gets he gets better. Okay. I think. I figured he was probably around. Like, yeah, it's a, he, he becomes a little more nuanced. Okay. All right. Hey, it's really good. Yeah. And Towns. Whoever Towns is. I think they're all British. I think everyone in the show is British. There's a real British, British-y look to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Anya Taylor-Joy played Emma in this new adaptation of Emma recently, which I assume they're British in that. Now, what else has Anya Taylor-Joy been in? I don't know. She's okay. new. She's like the new she's thing. She's new. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. But she's good. Good start. That's for sure. Give it my ass. This is kind of a cold take at this point. People were really on totally. Queen's Gambit two weeks ago. Totally. Well, we were saying last week like uh queen's gambit was probably the show we should do but. yeah well similarly this week you had suggested that uh, uh nicole kidman show we uh, probably should be doing that this week the undoing yeah, yeah. kind of seems to be mattering a little bit who's the guy in that uh i don't know i i know donald sutherland's in it but i, I don't think he's the guy you're talking no about. there's somebody else who's quite famous who's in the the undoing is that what it's mm, called nicole kidman she man she does an awful lot these days yeah, she's she's a, she's busy. a busy lady. Uh, the Undoing star, Hugh Grant. Yes, yeah. right. Hugh Grant, Donald Sutherland. Right, right. And I think Noah Hugh Grant G. plays a little bit of a, a little bit of a bad guy. Ooh, a bit of a bastard. Bit of a bastard. Bit of a bastard. Bit hmm. of a son of a gun. That's okay. He can pull that off. Maybe. Yeah. He's yeah. a guy that I think about when I'm like, wait, there's something that happened. Oh, is he him, problematic? Right? But I don't think he. I think he just fucked the nanny. I think he's one of those guys. Yeah, it was like a prostitution thing, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, I mean, who am I to judge? It's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. He's just so damn charming. I know. And oh, charmingly oh, uh, befuddled. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, oh could uh, possibly. Oh, uh, 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 yeah, you could come. <laughs> um, <laughs> put me on the clock. All right. I'll recap the first episode of Moonbase 8, which I just watched an hour ago, so it should be fresh. Okay, we got you on timer here on Stopwatch. I'm going to start you off. You're going to recap Moonbase 8 in 3, 2, 1, go. There are four men who are trying to prove their worth in a potential mission to the moon via NASA. So they are simulating a lunar experience in Moonbase 8. One of them, for some reason, is uh NBA superstar. Um, NFL. NFL superstar Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey. And the other three are 
are funny people and they have a leak in their water supply so they all get dehydrated while trying to dig a well travis kelsey in fact dies because he was being irresponsible (laughs) and then they kind of i ran out of time and then they have to create some kind of cover-up with nasa so they don't in fact lose their um their mandate to go to the moon Ultimately, they decide after getting drunk on champagne because that's all they had for for drinking First. liquids. Um, they decide that they the right thing to do is to to be honest, and NASA doesn't fault them. Right. Um, it uh, I guess that's kind of the whole story, right? Yeah. That's pretty much everything. Yeah. Although I didn't exactly understand why they were without water until the end when they're like, "Oh, by the way, we found this leak in your water supply." Right. It was like it was not supposed to happen. You guys were not responsible for right. maintaining your water supply. Which I guess matters because it's very clear right away that these guys are incompetent. Yes. And so it's very believable that they've ruined it. And and ultimately, they don't really do anything wrong. Uh, Fred Armisen seems quite bright. He's one of those like stupid geniuses. Right. Yeah, his dad was uh, was Dr. Hanai, who was a... It's funny. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Was a uh, uh, an original astronaut, and John C. Riley lends some uh, thespian credibility to the show. Totally. Although, does he? Because he's obviously like a very good actor, and everybody seems to give him credit for being like one of the great rare crossovers mm-hmm. between drama and and uh, and comedy. But he only does like a thing every couple of years, and it's rarely an event now. Yeah, honestly, like. On this show, I I started to wonder: Can space shows be funny? Uh, you watched all of Space Force. I watched all of Space Force. Do you regret that? It had some moments, like in ep- episode like eight and nine of ten. Yeah, where I was like, "Oh, I think it's heating up." We were just talking about Space Force last night, and Becky made a fabulous point. I said I haven't heard whether or not it's renewed. Right. But it seems like it didn't get very good reviews critically, and a lot of people didn't bother completing it. Right. It's definitely an expensive show to make. That's true. Why are they going to make that show more if it's not really special to anybody? It's not a money maker. And she made a great point. It the whole existence of that show is a Trump joke. Why yeah. would we do that now? Yeah. Like it, like Ben Schwartz's character was named Tony Scarapaducci. Right. That was three years old when Space Force came out. That's true. So. That's partly why the show was flawed. In fact, the Trump uh, saga went too fast to even satirize it. Yeah, I think it had a lot to establish. It's one of those things too, where it's like you know how many comedies got so much better in the second and third season, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I, I don't know. And and I was thinking about it today actually when thinking about Space Force. Like hey, you know what? Maybe they're gonna do something in the second season, or all of the characters maybe by the end of the first season will be so established. That will like come to really know and love them. That can happen, especially with this kind of uh, ensemble of funny people. Yeah, and I there were some parts that made me like laugh out loud. But uh, by the end of the uh, by the start of the second episode, Travis Kelsey just isn't in the opening credits anymore. He's literally just in the first episode. He dies. Yeah, like he's gone. And I wasn't convinced that he was dead until they lifted his kind of gruesome dead body out of the <laughs> right. ground. Yeah. And honestly, I was kind of relieved about that because I I was. I was really disassociated by by this weird use of this. It's not like because remember when you mentioned to me that this like famous athlete is in it. And I was like, well, maybe it's like John Cena or yeah, or LeBron yeah, James. Like it's Shaquille not. O'Neal, like, he, it's not. He's right. not a good actor. Right, he, he's yeah. clearly doing what sports people do when they're supposed to act. Right. And so I was like, is it just like 
a get is it are we like lampooning the fact that anyone can be funny like i didn't get it i found it bewildering no and then he dies and that's why he's in it right yeah i i think that was i think they they maybe wrote the first episode with like a famous person in mind could be anybody. It didn't have to be and like it did not have to be Travis Kelsey at all. That's a that's a really good and maybe they did write it with someone in mind and and they probably and it wasn't Travis Kelsey passed it around. Yeah, like it could have been athletes, it could have been famous people, it could have been maybe I missed it. But why is because he's playing himself? Why is he in the lunar module? So so they say they're like wow, like yeah wow. Why is he even here? Like he's not gonna end up good. And it's like you know, NASA wants it for the the credibility, and they like <laughs> want these like cross partnerships with the NFL and stuff. Like oh. whatever, man, just let it happen. Okay. And then John C. <laughs> Riley is like kind of obsessed with him. Uh, Rona break, everyone. No, it's it's your. I don't drink cider very often. Oh, it's really getting to you. It must be it. Yeah. Do you like it? It's okay. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah pretty good they do have the characters pretty well defined you do know a couple of things about each of these people um mm-hmm. at least from the first episode they've all got their own thing john c Riley's big dream is to go to the moon so nothing's gonna stop him well yes but he's also a deadbeat dad yep and he's in like serious debt there's like a lean on oh, his yeah. house and his fred yeah. armison is very much living in the shadow of his dad he wants to like that's right. uh kind of live up to that legacy yeah and then tim heidecker is that his name yeah very interesting choice that he's like hyper Christian wants like to spread the word of the gospel to the universe. But like, he's kind of a, a, a born again, I think because there's a moment where he's talking about how like he used to be a deadhead and he did all these drugs. Oh yeah. <laughs> but they're all weed. Oh no, he used to be a fish head, a fish head. Yes. He, he used to be a fish head. He yeah. did grass. He did pot. He did edibles. <laughs> edibles. He did. One time I put 200 pounds on just in brownies alone. <laughs> yeah. And I did write down, honestly, I think the funniest line was when um, they were talking about why we were doing this in the first place. Why do we want to go to the moon? Mm-hmm. And he said, I asked my pastor about it and he said it would be a good way to spread God's word into the universe. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. There were, there were a few times where I did have like a good laugh. And I think one of them was just an offhand thing that John C. Riley asks Fred Armisen a question, and Fred Armisen's just like watering a plant. And he goes like, "Yeah, <laughs> like it just like weird small choices." Fred Armisen, I mean, he's just one of those people who could say anything, and it's funny. Yeah, he's it's um it's okay. I didn't think it was a laugh riot. It had a couple of moments. It was it was missing something for me. Mm-hmm. It felt really inexpensive, which is fine. Yeah, um, but it's just kind of like they bought a big tarp at Walmart. Right. <laughs> it was and, the whole set. And honestly, the concern for me, too, as soon as I saw it was Showtime, I was like, oh, why didn't HBO on it? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, 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 I can't give it my ass. I didn't think it was that special. It didn't offend me. It didn't bore me even. I just didn't think it really had the X factor. I think I'm going to watch it all. Okay, and all I, of it. And I don't think I'm going to give it my ass. Hmm. That sounds more like me. That's like a diplomatic uh, way of me putting this because i don't want to miss out on anything okay i'm hopeful for it right but as of right now i don't give my what is it missing for you then if you think you you are willing to invest several hours in it even if you don't think it's going to enrich you that much you know what's tough is it's such a such a every episode is a bottle episode yeah it's all just them in the same spot over and over and they're kind of dealing with maybe outside issues but they're it's a it's a three-hander 
Well, not related too much to Space Force, but there was a bottle episode of Space Force where he was in a simulator very similar to this. Right. And that was the bottle episode of Space Force, but there was other episodes where he would like go to his house or to his office or yeah. whatever. Such a good point. Like maybe that's not the case. Maybe they will leave the simulator. Yeah. Maybe they'll go true. to the moon at the end of the season. Yep. I, I, I do find all of them way funnier too. Like I, I, you almost have to like, there's, there's an intelligence behind the choices that they're making and trying to be funny. I guess especially so. with Tim Heidecker and Fred Armisen, I think. Well, okay. Well, let's see if I understand what you mean. The, the people are actually funnier than the writing. Yeah. Well, I don't know that that's, that's the truth. I, I think that like even, even in how kind of like dry some of the stuff is and yep. it's almost like there's supposed to be humor and how non-humorous the situation is. That's probably true. I guess so. I don't know. I thought the script was kind of poor. I, I think all of them are really funny. Yeah. Like the idea of like drinking champagne because you're dehydrated. Like it does it. That's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but or, I, or they were drinking like hand sanitizer but, because they're so dehydrated. But I think it like provides you with enough high enough liquid in the moment to like maybe keep you and in any case yeah i don't know how much science there is behind any of it i guess they're like we we we're feeling good now we healed ourselves but you know how when you watch the martian which according to the golden globes is a comedy (laughs) um you really feel like you can trust in the science of it even even if it's total hooey right which i don't think it is but like which he used to grow his own potatoes yeah, the hooey. Yeah. Yeah. If it's total hogwash, mm-hmm. um, I do not feel like it is. Right. Whereas I, I kind of had to suspend disbelief that these guys are actually scientists. Totally. Yeah. 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 But that's think, okay because it's a different version of comedy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it honestly could have been a sketch show about them. Like there, there could have been a Portlandia called Moonbase 8. That's kind of true. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what it's trying to be, but in a serialized format. So I have a uh, a kind of dated uh, audio drop for the podcast right now. Okay. <clears throat> this is from a couple of weeks ago. We talked about how I did that IQ test. Yes. I realized afterward, I forget exactly what I said my IQ score was, mm-hmm. but I think I gave the wrong number. Well, didn't you say you did the SATs? Yes, that's what I meant. Okay. Yes. This is this thing I'm about to present is IQ related. That's okay. why I was confused. Um what I know is that I got a 60% on that SAT test. Okay. I don't know what my SAT score was. Whatever I said, disregard that because okay. they, they grade that differently. Like I know you get points just for like writing your name or something. All right. I got 60% of the questions right. Okay. I just needed to get that out there. Okay. Anyway, I think that inspired my dad to provide this audio drop for us. This is uh, Papa Sweets explains a thing. I don't really have a thing to explain, but I do have a comment. I was doing some research post-show last week. I read where Will Smith says he got 1,600 on his SATs. Come on, Will. I mean, is there any proof of this? I don't know what it is, but I don't trust this guy. Wow. (laughs) It was SAT. I was mistaken. That's amazing. Isn't that adorable? That's awesome. (laughs) Also, did we... Did he find that on his own, like unprompted? He found out Will Smith's SAT scores, or did you bring that up? No, he just sent me a, like a voice memo one day. That's so good. <laughs> to include in the podcast. That's so good. I don't know if he just saw somewhere that Will Smith said his SAT score was 1,600. Is that good? This. I think that's, I forget. I think that's like as high as you can get. I knew three weeks ago, 
yeah. lot about the SCT, and now it's all gone. How long did did it take you to do it again? Like four hours. Oh o- my god! Over several days, I would just like put it away for a while. Wow! And pick it up again. Yeah, it's like as long as a marathon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we were both technically successful. I think of myself in terms of, uh, I think of time now and you're, how many marathons can be done. <laughs> the new David Fincher movie is two point four. Yeah, it's 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 a it's about a half. Marathon. It's about like one and a half marathons. Yeah. No, it's not. That's not right. It's not four hours, but it's probably too long. It's probably three quarters of a marathon. Probably is. Yeah. Uh, so we don't trust Will Smith's SAT scores. No, is they, could that be possible? I mean, he's probably smart, but like, does he have the smartest SAT score you can have? That can't no, be. Right. I don't even know if he did the SATs. Why would he do the SATs? I'm pretty sure he was a a, a dropout to pursue his uh, acting and rapping career. Was he? Was he not an adult when that was already happening? I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. I do know that we bookended the Trump administration with Fresh Prince episodes. That's. Of our podcast. We did, and that's not nothing. We did what we had to do. That's right. Yeah. We we took that bullet. <laughs> that was our sacrifice. Now it's up to you, Biden. Yes. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. We'll do uh, the other Queen's Gambit. We'll do the Queen's Gambit series finale in four years. <laughs> when DJT steps up to the plate. That could be. Yeah. Or DTJ. Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. Oh, don't even. <laughs> Don't do this to me. I, I don't want it. The people are talking about Trump again. Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not I'm not afraid of it. And I honestly think like the, the sensi- sensationalizing of it via Newsweek or CNN or New York Magazine or whatever is um, depraved and incredibly dangerous because it's exactly that kind of speculation that will cause it to happen. Mm. Nothing else. Yeah, it's true. What did you think about the uh, vaccine being released like the day after... <laughs> uh, Biden got it. Well, since this podcast is a living COVID record, mm-hmm. we should clarify the vaccine was not released. No, no, you're right. You're right. It wasn't <laughs> released. The the news about the vaccine having 90% effectiveness from yes. Pfizer. It's funny. I brought it up to my mom and I was like, yeah. I was like, isn't it funny though that Biden got in and I think Pfizer was like, oh, like, okay, now we can release this. Like, we don't well, want Trump to have any fuel. Well, what something that has to be said is that Trump has been saying Pfizer is, like, right so around the close. corner. <laughs> like, he, so, so, to so be close. fair, I think he was lying, but yeah. he was right. <laughs> he was right. My favorite moment in the Chappelle monologue on, on SNL was when he was saying, like, how, how ballsy it is to try and guess the COVID cure. Right, it's just like he tried to guess. He's up here, like like, maybe sunlight, sunlight directly (laughs) into the body. Yeah, I thought that was too. Gonna have to childproof the White House. Yeah, I I thought the episode of uh, SNL was really good. By the way, I thought it was really good, but I still haven't seen update because the weird time delay thing happened. Well, and it messed up my Eastlink recording. It's because there was a double overtime college football game, and then I think there's a contract where there has to be. 30 minutes of news in between like mm-hmm. they they have this news program that's supposed to go live yeah before saturday night live and they're just waiting for whatever is happening before it to end. it's just shitty timing because like there's usually some level of urgency around snl but like i've never seen it before like he was announced the president-elect at noon and all afternoon people are like can't wait to see what Chappelle says tonight like yeah people definitely uh, in a way they unusually would stayed up to see the snl monologue and it was like 
almost an hour late. Oh yeah. 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 It was super, I was trying to stay up for it too. And then once, once the football game ended, which was kind of an exciting football game to watch. Yep. And then they said, and okay, just a reminder at the end of it, it was like Mike Tirico on NBC. Okay. Just a reminder at the end of this, uh, we're going to have a half an hour of news before Ugh. we go into SNL. And I was like, that sounded like it, it like it's 100% it needs to happen. Yeah. Like it wasn't just SNL uh, was coming up. It's just like local news too. Yeah. It was like WBZ4 or whatever. Like my feed, I got some reality show about TSA agents. That's what I was watching. Yes, for the... Yeah. That's on like global. Yeah. That yeah. was a pain in the butt. <laughs> anyway. It was a very Just like TSA. It was, a, it was a worthy watch and uh, never trust Will Smith. Even, right. even now. Even now, we're not quite over it. No. He's going to have... Because of 2024. That's right. Could happen. That's right. (laughs) 